0: What's up, guys? Before we get started here on The Final Drive, a big thank you to our partner, Microsoft Windows 11, the official operating system of the NFL and the exclusive sponsor of the L.A. Chargers. The all-new Windows 11 is here to bring you closer to what you love, like the Chargers and the Final Drive. Learn about all the awesome new features of Windows 11 at Windows.com. And welcome in to a winning edition of The Final Drive. For Haley Elwood, I'm Chris Haley. Chargers win it in Philly, 27-24. What a game. They improved to 5-3 in the crazy AFC West. Haley, just initial reactions to this win, the first win in a while for this team.
1: Yeah, first win in a while for this team, and I'll uh, I'll quote Chris Rump's Instagram story where he said "one and oh vibes," which is really what this team needed. And and guys have talked about it over the last couple of weeks, and it hasn't really gone their way. But just getting that one, and hopefully stacking from there, and. The appropriately named Final Drive podcast, Final Drive for the Chargers, they got that ball back with just over six minutes to go, tied game, and they never looked back. That offense never looked back, and and Philadelphia's defense couldn't stop them. So I think things like that, I think obviously the play of Justin Herbert, his stat line was incredible, and he sort of returned to the Justin Herbert that we know and, and love him to be. But uh, but overall, just a pretty good showing, especially from this Chargers offense, which really spread the ball around. And you look at someone like Keenan Allen, too, who had just a dynamic day. And it was very clear that that chemistry with him and Herbert was back on and on the money all day today. So one and no vibes again to Kuro rump, but um, a good one. Good one to get back in that win column for sure. As you said, especially and I'm sure we'll talk about the AFC West later, but especially on a day where every single team in the AFC West has five wins right now.
0: It's so wild right now. And, you know, Chris Rumpf should be happy. He's been quoted here all on the final drive. And <laughs> for for Philly, you know, it, for me, Haley, it felt like the Washington game, although they needed mm-hmm. a score to win it, as opposed to just icing out the game. So to, to like to have the ball, to hold on to the ball, to convert on that fourth down, and to have Dustin Hopkins win it, he got the game ball in the locker room. And, you know, this was a place that he's kicked a a lot in um, from playing in Washington. Yeah. Missed the extra point, but really redeems himself at the end.
1: He does. And Brandon Staley said they wanted to finish the game with the football and that they did. And then when it comes to, to Hopkins, I mean, yeah, you look at this game, there were one, two, three ties this game. So it it just kind of went back and forth a little bit. And, and, but really the goal as Staley said was to finish the game with the football was to finish in the fourth quarter, which they did. And, I actually loved what Hopkins said, where he said he had to introduce himself to some of the guys in the locker room after the game, because he still is so new to this team, but great sort of redemption story for him to come back after missing that extra point earlier and really, really just kick them to victory in the end. It was just one of those games where, like I said, it kind of went back and forth, but really, if you were able to hold on to the ball, you just needed that score to win. It didn't matter what kind it was. It was just, you needed something and they got that on today.
0: You mentioned it, Haley. We'll, we'll start with Justin and just his performance. After, listen, we're, we're so used to seeing Justin have these incredible games where he puts up 300, 400 yards, three, four touchdowns. Uh, it wasn't what we're used to seeing the, the past couple of games against Baltimore and New England. Two good defensive coordinators, defensive minds, and two good defenses. Uh, what a way to bounce back, though. 32 of 38, 356 yards, three total touchdowns. And I think what got him going in, you know, Keenan and Justin kind of alluded to, is it, just that connection between those two, that opening drive, just kind of getting comfortable, getting back to Keenan. And Keenan obviously had a huge day.
1: Yeah, a very, very huge day. I think Brandon Staley had said this sometime last week that, I think sometimes we're spoiled on Justin Herbert. We forget that he's only in his second season in the NFL, and there still is so much that he hasn't seen yet. And so to have kind of the games that he had, you mentioned against two really good defensive coaches, defensive-minded coaches, Harbaugh obviously a former special teams coordinator, but um, but really, really good defensive game plans that went against him. Sometimes you get spoiled thinking like, oh, Yeah, he's usually so on, but games like that happen in the NFL. And as we know this season, it is a long, long season, but he was just on the money today. Um, He also credited the offensive line and they didn't have, he was never sacked today. And I think that Eagles defensive front is really, really strong, really tough. And so you can give credit. Staley gave them credit too. But, um, but as Staley mentioned, Herbert was quote, outstanding in the game today. He was accurate. He was patient you mentioned it. You saw that connection with Keenan again, just how good they are together. And um, and you really felt like he was back in his groove. And you saw it, and, and he
0: clearly, clearly was. Keenan, his 30th 100-yard game, he's just a few yards short of 8,000 for his career. He'll surely get that against the, the Vikings next week. So just a, a big day for Keenan. And we saw Mike Williams, a, a big play again from him, a 49-yarder. Uh, Justin spread the ball around to nine different receivers, but that was such a huge play in the game, Haley.
1: It was a huge play, and if you want to talk about spreading it around, these tight ends they had a day for this Chargers Absolutely. offense. You look at yeah, Jared Cook four for four for forty eight. He had that good two point. Donald Parm three for three for thirty nine and a touchdown. Steven Anderson four for four for thirty nine and a touchdown. You really saw guys like that get involved, and you know I think that's something too that that had been missing over the last couple of weeks was just the beauty of the ball to be distributed to a bunch of different receivers on this team. And and it got going again today and the game plan got them going again today, but the huge, yeah, that Mike Williams conversion was big, even though he didn't end up with probably the sort of mega stat line that we're, we're also sort of used to seeing from him during the season, but overall offensively, it was just a, a complete team effort, which is something that a lot of guys cited after the game and certainly helped get them the win.
0: You mentioned the tight ends. I, I just think that was such a huge part of this game. You know, when Hunter Henry went on to New England and they brought in Jared Cook and you know, we saw flashes at Donald Parham. Steven Anderson was on the roster. But to see that collective unit, Trey McKitty too, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him and just, you know, his contributions today. Um, to get contributions from the entire tight ends room, that really kind of helps make this offense um, even more lethal than it is with just Keenan, Mike, and Austin.
1: Absolutely. Um, I'm going to mention a really funny Steven Anderson story and I think you might know it, but I don't think a lot of other people do a couple of years ago, I was at the super bowl in Atlanta and it was when the Patriots were there and, and the Rams were there. Steven Anderson was on the Patriots at the time. And I helped host, uh, uh, Mark Summers did a double dare sk- <laughs> sketch inside opening night. And I had called play-by-play for a Steven Anderson and Steven Goskowski uh, double dare game, if you will. And so when he came to the charters, I had introduced myself and I was like, this is so random, but I randomly met you at opening night and it's just so good to see him kind of come on because I don't want to say he's been a forgotten guy on this offense, but he does a lot of the grunt work. So to get involved in the passing game today um, and catch that touchdown is really, really awesome for him. And, and just like you said, seeing guys like that, pick up the contributions of what the Hunter Henry loss was. We know Herbert loves a tight end. He was so great with Hunter last year, but these guys are really, really picking it up. And also Donald Parham, uh, what did Staley call him? Basketball magic after the catch. <laughs> yeah. he, he is so tall. It's just, there's, there's no contest the, out, out there when, when he can go up and get it because it's six, eight, come on. But yeah, basketball magic from Donald Parham Jr. Chicken Parm, as uh, he is affectionately known, just awesome to see those guys. And also Staley gave him credit too, for the blocking that they did. You mentioned Trey McKitty, some of those blocking, you know, schemes that they, added to sort of help with that offensive line really, really made a difference today. And, um, and again, just a complete game from that offensive standpoint.
0: Double dare, Steven, do you think a a bigger (laughs) highlight in in his career so far is this double dare thing you're telling me about with (laughs) Mark summers or this first touchdown of the game in Philly today?
1: I'd probably say the Philly touchdown. Probably. I'd probably (laughs) go with that one, but um, who doesn't want to get slimed? Come on. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, listen, it may be a maybe a close call. Uh, you know, we, we talked so much about the offense. The defense was down a lot of guys today, yeah. specifically in the secondary. They held their own. Philly kind of found their groove on the ground with, with Hertz and, and Jordan Howard specifically. Um, but they did enough to win. And, you know, I really I think that's all you can ask on the road is is keep keep yourself in the ball game and, and eventually come out on top.
1: Yeah. I mean, they gave up 176 on the ground though. They gave up 115 in the first half. So you could kind of look at that second half and be like, Oh, they clamped down a bit, which was good. Um, but that still is, you know, a concern. I'll say that, especially as you move forward into the season, we'll talk about the team's next opponent next week in the Minnesota Vikings and what they're able to do, but they did enough. As you've said that bend, but don't break. They allowed that, you know, game time touchdown from Jalen hurts to Devontae Smith, but yet they never saw the field again. So as long as the offense, and I know these guys have kind of talked about that, being able to get the ball back, kind of play that complimentary game where the offense just kept it again, six and a half minutes. It was a four minute situation in six minutes, but but really sort of helped that unit out where they didn't have to go back out there and make any stops. They got the job done and it was up to the offense to seal it and then Hopkins to kick it. And he did.
0: Yeah, Jalen Hurts, 10 for 62 on the ground. Jordan Howard, 17 for 71. Boston Scott 10 for 40 but the ben, but don't break. That, that was kind of the theme today for the defense. And I, I think that this is the type of game Haley where, you know, it's, it's a little chilly, it's on the road, yeah. it's on the East coast. It gives you a preview of maybe what to expect later in the year. If you do get into the tournament and you know, the fact that you can win these games. And now I know, I know Philly's record is three and six, but they've been in a lot of these games. Um They brought the, the bucks down to the wire a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I, I think any game as we saw today, especially in that early window, the NFL is wild, man. I mean, you cannot take anybody lightly And you know, I, I don't care what the Eagles record is. I mean, this was a big win for this team.
1: It was a big, absolutely a big win for this team. And especially on a day like this, that was so crazy. That was so wild. You saw the Buffalo bills losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Unbelievable. You saw craziness in the AFC West, the Denver Broncos. Um, just beating up on the Dallas Cowboys. I know Dallas kind of scored at the end and, and made it not as large as it really and truly was, but but just a, a really, really crazy game. And that's a really good point that you make, obviously. When you go into a very hostile environment like Philadelphia, I saw a tweet, um, I don't remember who it was from, but but I did see a tweet that said, and you were there, you could attest to this, that that game almost had a playoff kind of like atmosphere that someone who was there actually cited that, that it felt that way. And, and maybe because it was, you know, we got daylight saving time right now, turning late earlier, getting the lights turned on, you know, you kind of get that, that Sunday night football ish sort of feel, but, but it is big. And especially, you know, in cold weather and, and this team doesn't have many of those games left, but you look at Cincinnati and you look at Denver, those two games that are, I believe, end of November, early December. And then, like you said, if you get into the tournament, you're playing now in mid January. <laughs> and if you have to go on the road and in, you know, to the East coast or to a, a cold environment, it is going to be flipping cold. And, and so just getting used to that is like you said, just really, really great for this team and getting the win makes it even better.
0: I'll say this, the, the togy lots were lively <laughs> early, very early. I always yeah. say that Eagles fans came out and, and, you know, I do th- think it's like the combination, like the, the fall, the nip in the air, the daylight yeah. savings. I actually love these 4 PM games on the East coast because it's almost like a primetime game. Like after the first quarter, it's dark out, you know? So it's like, it's mm-hmm. like you're playing under the lights. And um, I just, I think it was cool to, to have this team experience that type of environment and to have Justin really rise to the occasion. I, I think, it puts to bed all the you know we live in this like twenty four hour news cycle where we're just so consumed by one game or or a, a two game sample size we forget all the amazing stuff Justin Herbert's done yeah. uh, before these last two games and today was just another reminder of that.
1: Yeah, and like you said, there's so much craziness that happened in the AFC that it truly is when you want to use the cliche week to week league, it absolutely is, and I think moving forward. And and I believe we talked about this the last time we were on when the NFL had first added a 17th game, it was like, Oh, it's one more week, but it feels very, very long. And it still feels very, very long. And the way that some of these games are playing out every week, it really is anyone's game right now, even the AFC West, which a couple of weeks ago, you know, looked like there was a clear division in terms of where these teams were trending and where they were going. But now again, every team in this division has five wins and it's going to get really, really nuts here as we sort of hit, I guess we're at the halfway point now, if we want to do math.
0: Um, yeah, but we are. We hit- and Haley, it's, it's a great thing. We should talk about the west because yeah, five and four, I guess, is past the halfway point. Five and three, the Chargers are not even at the halfway point. I guess they'll be past <laughs> it once they play the Vikings, but um, five and three tied with the Raiders at the top of the division. Obviously it's early in the season and that early tiebreaker kind of puts the Chargers at the top. What do you make of this AFC West? I mean, the the AFC North, I looked at just all the divisions. AFC North is also very, very tight. Just the fact that the Broncos did what they did to the Dallas Cowboys, uh, that the Chiefs, you know, obviously no Aaron Rodgers, but they went 13-7 today. And then the Raiders losing on the road to the Giants just tightens this thing up that much more.
1: It's anyone's week, really. It's anyone's division, it almost feels like. And, and the Chargers feel like they have the most kind of complete team, in a sense. But, you know, that's why winning today, as we mentioned, was so hugely important. I think what Denver did was incredible. After they traded away Von Miller, that they go into Dallas, which that Cowboys team has been so hot. We obviously saw them in week two, but they have just gone on. You know, people are crowning them like the best team, not only in the, in the NFC, but in the NFL. Yeah. And they just got whooped. Today. Now, what's really interesting is when you look at next week, the Raiders and the Chiefs play each other. So you are going to start getting into these divisional games where, and and much like the AFC North too, where teams are going to kind of start beating up on each other just within division and, and maybe some stuff will even out then. But it is really, really interesting how this entire really AFC picture shakes out. But as you mentioned, the Chargers, though, being 2-0 and in division is hugely important right now, just given the sort of win-loss record that they have, that they do have that leg up on the Raiders just because of that um, that tiebreaker. But it's going to be really, really interesting. This, this whole conference, it's kind of a buckle up and let's see what happens the rest of the way because it's wild. And today was wild.
0: It was. And, and these Eagles play the Broncos next mm-hmm. week. In Denver, so I mean that's not an easy game for for Denver either, based on what we're starting to see from Philadelphia, and I, I think their commitment to the running game. It should be an interesting game in Denver. Now, you know the Chargers play the Vikings next week, who who lost to the Ravens in, in overtime. Yeah, Just first glance at this game, Haley, what do you think?
1: um Contain get Dalvin Cook. It's what you got to do, and I think teams will understand. I think you saw kind of Philly have that command over the run game. at at one point during this game against the Chargers. And I think that's the most important facet. But then again, you look at, you know, Minnesota's receiving core is not lacking. Obviously, Justin Jefferson, this is the big Justin game, the big AFC (laughs) offensive rookie of the year game. When you look at the two Justins and and what uh, Minnesota was hoping would be at the end of last year. But, um, but one note that Courtney Cronin had tweeted that Mike Zimmer said after the game was, they believe Harrison Smith will be out next week due to COVID protocols. That's a huge loss for yes. their secondary for sure. But, um, you know, that should be a good game it, it this. This is that weird 17th game, right? This is that weird. We go back to a couple of years ago where you play the NFC North, your opponent that finished the same as you in the NFC North, but my first blush is just contain Delvin cook. The guy's a monster out there. Madison, their run game is actually really, really good. And, and even though they've been losing, I mean, they're three and five, but they took Baltimore to overtime in Baltimore and Anthony Barr, I believe had an interception on um, Lamar Jackson. I think our game had started. So I, I obviously it didn't end up well for them because <laughs> the Bravens ended up getting the ball back to kick it and win, but they played Baltimore tough. And so this will be really interesting. You know, another unfamiliar opponent, Linval Joseph revenge game. We'll see what happens, Ooh. but uh, but should be good. Should be good back at SoFi.
0: Dalvin Cook 17 for a buck 10 today. And you're right. I mean, that's that's priority A, B, and C, right? Is to contain Dalvin Cook, contain that running game. And you know, Kirk Cousins, he's been playing pretty decent ball this mm-hmm. year. Um, he was 17 to 28 pair of touchdowns today, uh, passer rating of uh, 104 on the road against the Ravens. And, you know, the Chargers were obviously there a few weeks ago. So uh, the Vikings certainly won't be a pushover at SoFi Stadium. Um, anything else stand out to you tonight, Haley, from this game? There, there was so much, I think offensively too, the, the fact that Justin spread their ball around so much and, and the offense kind of picked things up. And I thought special teams were solid today as well.
1: They were. You saw really, really great returns from Andre Roberts. And that was something that obviously this team had been lacking uh, prior to signing him. I thought um we obviously talked about Keenan, Keenan, excuse me, but I thought Brandon Staley said something really notable about him, and that was that he set the example in practice this week, and that as good as he is on the field, he is even better from a leadership standpoint. And those of us who have been around Keenan um, for years now, I mean, we we all know it and we see it, but you forget that he's the elder statesman on this team from a Chargers perspective. He's the longest tenured original Charger on this team now, and just to kind of see as frustrated as he was, and we could all tell that, and he was open about it after last week's game to kind of come around and have the the game that he did today. But for Staley to say, he really set the tone and practice all week. That just says leaps and bounds about the type of of player and person that he is. And I just thought that was really notable.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. And uh, I think sometimes we, I, I don't take for granted, but I think sometimes that maybe the league takes for granted just how good Keenan Allen is. And today was just another example of that. So, uh, big win for the Chargers, Haley. They're, they're five and three. Uh, the Vikings on deck on Sunday. Uh, Chargers podcast now. We're a couple of things, guys. Playmakers Wednesday. Who we got, Haley?
1: We are going to get Natara Holloway from the league office, and she does a really, really great job putting on a couple of forums for the general manager's forum, the quarterback summit every year, just to get a little inside perspective on some of the things that the league is doing on their end to increase diversity and to increase opportunities in the game. Really going to be excited to talk to her. I got a chance to sit in on both of those summits um, earlier this offseason. It was just a really interesting perspective. So looking forward to talking to her.
0: Yeah, check that out. Playmakers on Wednesdays, Chargers Weekly Thursday. And Haley, running for history, episode one was Friday. Episode two, I think, is going to be my favorite one because it's all about the draft. And I know you were heavily involved in this one.
1: Yeah, this episode, if you want the inside story on the draft of 2001 and the trade that we said it so many times, but it's true, just truly changed the trajectory of both the Chargers and the Atlanta Falcons, the Michael Vick for LaDainian Tomlinson trade. This is a big one. Tune in. We have amazing guests. As, as you had in episode one, we have amazing guests in this episode, including Jim Trotter, Sam Farmer, Ed Werder, John Clayton, guys who really kind of knew the inside story of that draft. I know you had a great interview with Ed Werder talking about just craziness that happened when that trade went down. And then obviously LT just kind of sharing his thoughts. And And don't forget, they also took Drew Brees in that second round. So This is a big episode we're really excited about this project. It's been fun to work on, right, Chris?
0: It's been great. And these, these like stories, like you mentioned, like, you know, Jim Trotter, being around the team and being able to kind of share some, some nuggets and anecdotes. And, you know, Ed Werder was there at yeah. Chargers Park and he was supposed to be covering the number one overall pick. And then I got traded. So Ed talks about that. And, and you mentioned it, just the fact that LT and Breeze were drafted back to back. It's, it's been fun going down memory lane with, with this project because obviously it's about LT single season touchdowns record, but we start from the beginning and just all the stories to get to that point have been so fun to tell.
1: I think one thing too, and, and you talk about maybe, you know, not taking Keenan for granted, granted, and I'm not saying we take our jobs for granted, but sometimes you forget when you're in the presence of greatness, if you will, the guy, you know, the guys that we get to deal with on a daily, you know, I won't say daily with someone like LT, but on a basis and cadence as, as we do. And I think when you get to sit them down and and hear stories like this and and talk to them in the way that we both have, it really, really is something truly, truly special. And as someone who grew up in San Diego and was in high school and had graduated high school that 06 season and and those chargers teams, man, they were so good back then. It's kind of really cool to revisit it from that perspective, but it's been awesome. Those inside baseball stories, like you said, those are those are the kind of meat that we're hoping to give all of our listeners and viewers. And, uh, you got that in episode one, you'll definitely get that in episode two. Also.
0: No question. Can't wait for Friday episode two of running for history. All right. That's going to do it for us. For Helio, what I'm Chris Haley. This has been the final drive. We'll see you next Monday after chargers bikes.